Hey man, it's me, Kevin Smith. I just turned 50. Are you sitting there going, what do I get him? What do I get Kevin Smith? I've already given him so much of my money and time. But on this, his 50th birthday, what could I possibly get the man who has it all? I'll tell you what you can get. A membership in that Kevin Smith club. That's right, man. You could be a clerk, a mall rat, a fun employee, or a yoga hoser. Um, you get pins with one level, scripts with one level, and those just went out recently. People love them. Um, all the content, wake and bake three times a week, education. Um, Jay and Silent Bob get old, plus one, and plus all the archives of Smodco over the years. Uh, what are you waiting for, man? Come join us. Uh, jump on in. The water's fine. ThatKevinSmithClub.com children and dare you step inside the vegan abattoir i'm kevin smith and i'm harley quinn smith and one of us has recently smoked from a bong (laughs) (laughs) guess which one you might be surprised by the answer because here we talk shaggy putting harley on the spot here (laughs) we talk about uh you know plant-based lifestyle and what's more plant-based and ripping some hits on a bong nang. I feel a little exposed. <laughs> um, what uh, I I can never uh, handle it, man. I'm not a good bong person. Too much going on. It was kind of painful. It hurt my throat a lot. Yeah, man. I was. I'm not a I'm not a bong guy. It was a Scooby Doo themed one, though. It was, was the bong called the Mystery Machine? That's pretty cool. I don't think it was, but that's a good idea. <laughs> kind of right. Um, well. Uh, when you used a bong, were you more of a Daphne, a Velma, a Fred, or a Shaggy, or a Scooby, or a Scrappy? A Scrappy. <laughs> Do you remember his cousin, Scooby Dumb? Of course. I remember everything about the Scooby-Doo universe. Did I you, lived it. It happened in real time to me. You're just watching reruns. I no, was, I watched it my whole life. Bro, I was there in the 70s when they made Scooby-Dooby-Doo. Well, yeah, I wasn't here during that. Where but. are you? <laughs> I was there when they met the Harlem Globetrotters, Batman and Robin, Phyllis fucking Diller. I was there for all of it. Scooby Dumb, uh, Scrappy Doo, Dino Mutt. There's a whole entire family tree that I recently saw of like 20, like 20 relatives. I probably came later on. It's, it's extensive. I only recognize the OGs, the classics, Scooby Doo, Scrappy Doo, Scooby Dumb, Dino Mutt. Everyone else, horseshit. <laughs> <laughs> posers wow i'll be Scooby sure to let them shit. know <laughs> doobie doo um austin's birthday mm-hmm. he just turned 25 he's literally half my age we're both leos you're both leos he's quarter of a century now he's been alive for a quarter of a century i've been alive for half a century wow um and we're both like in relationships with you of one way or another <laughs> i know <laughs> two of my favorite people ever we got a lot in common we uh hmm. recently uh came to the conclusion of uh our run on of sun and lockdown on celebrity show off uh, we got to make the ninth and final short gave it an actual season finale and unlike you know the fucking game of thrones series finale we didn't want to disappoint people Mm-mm. we didn't want people to be like what the dragon's burning the throat fuck you guys 
Um, Bran! Oh, so we <laughs> delivered something that concluded and shit. It did. And it's going to be a bummer to not do that once a week um, with you kids. It was so fun. And I was, I was saying today on the show, I remember when I first tried to talk your kids into it, I was like, it's kind of, it's going to be like shooting the office, man. I know. <laughs> Cause I was like, they watched the office and liked the office. And that was when I was like, you know, yeah, we'll just kind of make it up as we go along and shit like that. And wow. we'll office it. But it was the exact opposite of the office. It really was more like a 90s sitcom. The least subtle humor. Yeah, it was pretty broad. <laughs> It was definitely the opposite of The Office, but it was so much fun. Did uh, your boy enjoy it? He really did. Mm. He really loved it. it was, he got to shine. He, he was literally really the fucking star. That's what you get when you fucking date Kevin Smith's daughter. I'll make you the star of a mini sitcom oh, on God. TBS. Oh, God. <laughs> like, CBS? I'm like, I didn't say that. I said TBS. Different. <laughs> it's the other BS. Look, there ain't no BS. It's just the T of the BS. Wow. Um, I'm so uh, sad to see it come to an end, but um, what a nice way to get to know your boyfriend. I'm sure the way you got to know him was much fucking nicer, but the way <laughs> that I got to know him um, on on set was really was really cool. I got to see what he was made of. I got to see how he treated other people. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone treats me kind of nice, right? But it's like how you interact with others and shit and how he interacts with you. And I'm just so delighted that um, we got to do it and we would never have been able to do it. Had he not been here, had you not been like, him can you live with us because I'm a woman now. <laughs> Dad, I'll be a woman soon. <laughs> I was like, oh, really? <laughs> You're not going to sing the song? Dad, <laughs> I'll be a woman soon. Austin, baby. Which is all big set. That disturbed Shecky. She's like, what's going on? (laughs) All that is a big setup for, uh, you know, you wondered based on the amount of fucking Austin chatter goes on this fucking podcast. I don't know why we call it vegan abattoir. We should call it vegan Austin toi. Vegan Austin toi. (laughs) Uh, I bet you sat there going, no way. She's going to keep it tasteful. At least wait until like episode 20 to bring Austin on. I could not. This motherfucker is getting chair in episode eight. It's- in the top ten, she's like, "I'm gonna talk to him. I love him. He's so pretty. <laughs> him from RVA, and him just like, we're called VA, like vegan abattoir. So it, it makes sense. Oh, that's true. Like Virginia and vegan abattoir. Look how simple she is. <laughs> um, Austin things. is going to be uh, the guest, and I hear a fucking thousands of podcasts being turned off because like i don't want to listen to before everyone leaves smooch on her fucking boyfriend we're going to be talking about what it's like to be in a relationship with a vegan and be in a relationship with a non-vegan which is what i get asked about all the time oh that's relatable look i uh, you should do that because that's what the audience wants and of course here at vegan abattoir we slaughter misinformation and butcher bullshit mm-hmm. Like, give them a little sizzle. That's what they come for, man. You got to talk about your fucking nookie and fucking. What? Yeah, that's how we get listeners. You want to see some good reviews? I know you care about that shit. You got to fucking show a little skin in the audio world. It's nice as you don't have to show nudity. You just have to bear a little more of your soul and be like, well, one time we gave each other kickies. 
<laughs> no. <laughs> this ends now. I'm telling you, man, you got to add some sizzle. We ain't got no steak in this bitch because it's vegan abattoir. <laughs> no steak. You're going to have to add a little of the fucking steak, man. A little of the cheesecake and whatnot. When can me and Austin meet? Sweet vegan love. <laughs> I'm leaving. <laughs> Inappropriate. You're 21. It's all appropriate now. Leave it. Asking about the bong was okay. Just saying. Too much. You're the editor. Do what you will. (laughs) I'm just saying. In a world where uh, he's coming on the show, yes, do the fucking like. What am it like to date someone as smart as me and be as dumb as you, non-vegan? Like you can totally do that. (laughs) But then once that's put to bed, be like, and now. It's vegan appetite after dark. Ah, no. <laughs> Didn't you just go away on a vacation together? Yeah, I'm sure you held hands the whole fucking we time. We did, and it was a really lovely time. Give us some sizzle, kid. That's all I'm telling. <laughs> How was your little vacation? This is like the second, third, fourth time you guys have gone away, driving away on a road trip and shit. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with you? You don't want to be stuck in the house with your parents and <laughs> huh. your grandparents? Uh, let me think. Uh, <laughs> I remember we- the first time you left, Jennifer, was like, um, them going out into the desert. And I was like, why? And she's like, why would they want to be around us this whole time? And I'm like, well, I don't know. Well, why didn't we go to the desert before them? Like, maybe we don't want to be around them. Why are they abandoning us? I love being around you guys. It's just sometimes you just need to get out into the world. No doubt, man. How was it out there in the desert? Did you go all Jim Morrison style? Fucking drop peyote and start fucking seeing visions and shit? Riders on the storm. No, but we did drive through Joshua Tree National, Joshua Tree National Park and mm. listen to the doors. Mm. Oh my God, there was a little doors action. There was involved. a little doors action. Holy shit, I wasn't, I was trying to stereotype and make funny and it turns out. No, there was. A do- it's even funnier because it's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, sec- the, the second time we went to. No wonder you looked at me so quick like, oh my God, were you bugging us? I, I was like, <laughs> How did you know? What? <laughs> him knew we held hands. Him knew we listened to the doors. <laughs> <laughs> it was Austin's there? dream to go through Joshua Tree and listen to the doors. Why? It's just been a dream. I couldn't really tell you. He just never mind. The you musician's dream. I should be interviewing Austin. This should be the one episode where I interview somebody and I interview Austin. I'm like, what's it like to date a preachy fucking vegan? Hey, and he's like, let me tell you something, old man. Then I'm gonna interview mom. good luck i can't get her on her own podcast um i'm gonna have uh austin on my podcast fuck you well fuck you um this will be a nice little crossover uh after you listen to the end of vegan abattoir i'll be able to hand off to an episode of smodcast where i sit down and interview austin he's gonna be really nervous why you're gonna have to be very nice i'm gonna be like son do you know what an orgasm is <laughs> he's scared that you're gonna that you're gonna ask him to smoke weed and <laughs> no i know he don't smoke he, he don't, doesn't smoke yeah, very much no. i mean look he's gonna by virtue of the fact that i'll be smoking so he'll just be <laughs> sucking in a lungful but i'm not gonna be like you better smoke boy push hair on his chest make a man of you you gotta date my daughter you better smoke this weed he's like where'd he come from <laughs> I was like, now the son of lockdown's over. I don't have to be nice to you. Smoke this weed. He just didn't want to decline if you offered, but he also. Oh, I'm like, would you like a joint? And he's like, oh, I don't do that. I'm like, oh, but you do my daughter. Don't you, you piece of shit. He's like, I, I just give me the joint. I'm so sorry. No, I when I fucking conduct an interview, it's more like, you know, this is your life kind of thing where I take him from 
him being a baby. I mean, this could be a short interview. Motherfuckers are only 25 years old. Most people I interview, you know, have lived a longer life, so they got more adventures to tell. <laughs> We're going to get to his like third act and he's going to be like, and then I met Harley. I'm like, what? We're there already. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, then I know the rest. The I've been seeing part. it downstairs. <laughs> um, but it'll be nice to have him on the show because we would not have gotten to do Sun and Lockdown were it not for a Harley bringing Austin into the house in the first place. And he was always the opposite of his character. He's absolutely lovely. Everybody loves him. But also the origins can be traced back to this dopey photo that we took at the Jay and Silent Bob premiere. I know. Of a fake movie poster kind of thing where like Austin was in the middle and Harley was like making eyes at him from one side and I was making a fist at him from the other and shit. That's that's so cute. People might have seen it on the Sun and Lockdown shirts mm-hmm. we had on the show. Uh, that's a picture from the premiere and stuff. And I'd always walk past and be like, that is kind of like a dope. But we didn't make that sitcom where he's like, you know, because I remember in the beginning, he was, he wrote me like a text where he's like, do I play it like over the top goofy? <laughs> like I'm annoying. Do I play it like, you know, sometimes I'm annoying, but sometimes I'm real. Or do I play it like, you know, um, meet the parents where like, you know, I'm like Ben Stiller caught in a weird situation. And, you know, I was like, I, you know, if you're going to act, fucking act. I mean, poor Harley. I was like, here are your lines. And she's like, I just said this in real life the other day. I was like, that's right. (laughs) So Harley didn't really get to act that much. But Austin literally got to play somebody he is so not. And like, you know, from episode one, I was like, take your pants off, boy. Show me your ass. And he was like, all right. <laughs> so traumatized. <laughs> like, did, did it. Didn't give a fucking shit. <laughs> Trial by fire and stuff. So, yeah, there'll be lots to talk about with him on Smodcast. But I'm not going to offer him weed. Even now knowing that that would make him uncomfortable. I'm not that kind of person that's like, watch me do the thing that this person I know they don't watch me to do. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a fucking prankster. I ain't like fucking Loki to God of jokies and shit like that. <laughs> You're not? No, no. I, I, my sense of humor based on other things. I don't like to see people uncomfortable. Like prank shows like make me nauseous because I'm like that poor person. Really? Yeah. Like I don't like that shit. I think they're so funny. I think if anyone did that to me in real life, I'd be, I'd cry. I'd be like, what a betrayal. Why did you, I believed in you. <laughs> How could you lie like this? Reminds me of like when we fucking one day the kid spoilers. If you're a big believer in Santa, go grab a drink real quick. Just got to tell a quick story. <laughs> could be kids listening could be kids get the kids out of the room man because we got to talk about the truth about santa about how awesome he is but they can't hear this get out of the room little kids one two three they all gone all right we know how there's no fucking santa right so like one day the kid fucking like fucking hit me and jen up with it and was just like well is santa real somebody was saying santa's not real and i'll be honest with you like it was you know we had to fucking confirm the worst like, this kid was looking to us to be able to be like, whoever told you that is a damn liar. Of course Santa's real. I met him. He's a good guy. He was in fucking mall rats or whatever. Fuck. Still sense of reality. A little sense of bedrock under her fucking feet. And I, I swear to you, is the fucking time of my life. I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to say like, I've told a zillion lies, but like, you know, I've fucking lied over the course of my life or fibbed or whatever. Fuck. This is the one I always felt worst about, like the whole Santa thing. So I remember at one point being like, do we want to keep this going? Cause one day we got to tell this kid, like if we start telling her there is a Santa, then one day we got to tell her that there isn't. And we've literally been lying to her, her whole life. <laughs> I remember that day so clearly when I asked. I think I was in your room and then yeah, I, I asked on our couch. 
and you told me and I locked myself in your bathroom and then took a roll of toilet paper, started to tear up pieces of toilet paper. This is so sad and upsetting. I tore up pieces of toilet paper <laughs> and wrote Santa. Oh, on the floor with, my god. I'm gonna cry. Oh my god. <laughs> that was so upsetting. I remember it. I'm, I'm literally crying. I know. <laughs> well, I mean, that you were 19, so fucking. <laughs> so it was only a day ago. <laughs> it's not long it ago. It's really hard for me. How old were you when you, when that happened? You were, you know. weren't, you didn't make it till nine. I think I made it till nine before somebody was like, Bro, grow up. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? What? What? I can't remember. But I think you were six. I want to say so you were in the Hollywood schoolhouse. Upsetting. And um, I wouldn't let you guys in the bathroom. And mom was like, let me in. And I was like, no, you lied. It's true. And also think about this, man. Like you're, uh, I'm not rubbing this in or anything, but you're a fucking child of privilege that found out that fucking there was no Santa. Santa is this magical fucking being to children who's like free. This shit's free because your parents can't get you everything you want. But fucking this total stranger is like, I don't know you. I'm not related to you, but ho, 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 here. <laughs> and you're like, what the fuck? The what a sweet deal this is. Magical idea. <laughs> and we, we know we accept the fact that it's one day a year because if it was every fucking day or even once a month, this would be an untenable business. But once a year, you're like, right the fuck on once a year, everything's going to go my fucking way and shit like that. But then you find out there is no Santa. And really, it's just like, okay, so all the things you got, that came from us, and that'll keep happening. It's not like, now that you know there's no Santa, no more presents. Like, you know, fucking make your own way. Yeah. What happens to kids who don't, like, like when Santa, like, I was a poor kid. Mm -hmm. I can tell you what happens to kids. I was a fucking poor kid growing up. When I found out there was no Santa, there was this sense of, like, well, now I'm really fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like... These two ain't got any money. And I was expecting Magic Man to tell, oh, the Jesus thing better pan out. <laughs> but yeah, man, it's like, it was double hard hitting being a poor kid and finding out that like, there's no Santa. Cause you're like, but wait, that's my, that's my retirement plan. That's my parachute. That's my base. Like that's no, it's Grace and Don. <laughs> no wonder I got the wrong bat, bat cave. <laughs> um, oh, man. But <laughs> like Santa himself, Austin, and that's a segue. Oh, hey. <laughs> Austin is a magical man who came from another place who gives. Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> yes. <laughs> who gives uh, presents more than once a year, I would assume. I am what? <laughs> I, well, like Santa gives presents once a year. Yeah. You've got more than one present from Austin. Yeah. You thought I was making some sort of double entendre? I did. <laughs> Is that what you think of me? I, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he took you right to the gutter again, that little pig. P-I-G pig. <laughs> no, I meant he's giving you more gifts per year than Santa. Yes. And although, well, now we know the truth. I mean. Moving on. Bring your kids back in the room now. <laughs> We're going to stop talking about Santa. <laughs> um, especially, glad those kids weren't in the room to hear about that toilet paper Santa part. I forgot how, like, what a sad scene that was. It was, <laughs> it was a big a, breakthrough. That was a really upsetting scene. I think we really made big strides today. Um, that's the end of our hour. Um, <laughs> well, bye. Austin's not coming. Just make an appointment for next week, and uh, we'll work through some more of your issues. Good seeing you. Be healthy. Be wise. Wash your hands. Well, 
Here's Austin. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Austin's the guest this week. Fucking, this was a tough score, man. Like, you know how hard it is to get Michelle Obama on your podcast? Oh, like, this? We could have had her, but luckily Austin had a break in his schedule. And yes. so we, he moved right to the front of the line because can't get your hands on the sun and lockdown. Well, one of us can. And I guess here's Austin. <laughs> that's what the uh, yeah. interview will be all about. And here's Austin. Ladies and gentlemen, here is my daughter talking to a fine young man who I enjoy. Um, actor, <laughs> fine. gentleman, tenant. Um, of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Person who lives in my house. <laughs> uh, and probably, if I'm lucky, future son-in-law. Woohoo. Uh, Austin Zager. Zager. What? <laughs> <laughs> I cannot. Zager. Zager. What did I say? Not the right way. Zager. 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 Yes. So the J goes to Zha, like Zha Zha Gabor. Zager. Yeah. It's, Zager. It's a J, not a G. Zager. Yeah, but J's can be G's. You know what? I know you're the editor, but we're, we can have this conversation another time. Ladies and gentlemen, here's the boy from Scary Movies to what is it? <laughs> <laughs> What's it called? Scary stories to tell in the dark. Do you say from scary movies? To t- <laughs> I don't forget what it's called. Austin's dad, who is the best, he once called it scary, scary ghost stories to tell in the dark. What is the proper title? Scary stories to tell in the dark. Um, the the one of the stars of scary stories, ghost stories to tell in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they released it in Virginia. Yeah. And uh and the star, the titular star of uh Sun and Lockdown, uh Austin Zazier. Hello. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Um, thanks for coming on. <laughs> of course. Did I have a choice? Well, no, that you didn't really okay. have a choice. So one of the questions that I get asked the most is how's it being in a relationship? with a non-vegan which i will speak to i'll speak to it in a moment but in your words what is it like to date a vegan i'm going first Mm -hmm. you have to go first. are you trapping me no just um i mean now like you're into it it's like dating an insanely compassionate person Wow, that's such a nice. What well, no, such I mean, a nicer well, now, answer? I say, I say now. Okay. Well, <laughs> at first, like I, there's there were steps to the whole process. Go back to the beginning. Um. So, we'd been dating for like a month at this point, probably like last end of September, October. Mm-hmm. And I, this is gonna, I'm letting out secrets on the podcast, folks. Oh, geez. Harley does not know what I'm about to say. Oh, shit. Um, for the first, like, three months that we dated, I would secretly, like, binge eat, like, fucking five guys in Wiener Schnitzel before I came to your house. What? Are you yeah. serious? And all my roommates would know. They'd be like, oh, Austin cramming in his potluck before he what? goes over to the vegan <laughs> extravaganza. That's real? That was yeah, it's completely real. What? Yeah. So you were secretly downing meat, hot dogs and shit. Yeah. So. So yeah, you I were would... secretly downing meat behind my back for three months. I mean, it wasn't. Bu- it wasn't like behind your back. It was just like, oh, I'm going to Harley's. Let me load up on two chili cheese dogs before I go in, because who knows what's gonna happen. So when I thought um, that you were enjoying a more plant based lifestyle, no, I did. No, I really did. I like. Oh shit! In New York. 
when we went because uh, you were promoting Jay and Silent Bob Reboot with your dad. Mm-hmm. Every time that I'd get you Starbucks in the morning, uh-huh. I'd cram down two dogs on the street. Austin! I love, I lived in New York, man. I love a good, a good hot dog. And I'm sorry. I was hungry. I had a big day ahead of myself holding your purse. So uh, <laughs> I needed that fuel, man. You're so cute. So you were doing this for quite some time then. Oh, no. The first legit three, three months we dated. So we started officially dating on September 6, 2019. How long were you secretly downing hot dogs from street carts without me knowing? Well, that was only in New York. Okay. For like, it was like a four-day time span. I'm but sorry. When were you secretly going to Wiener Schnitzel? That was up until like December of last year. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, no, but I think we should cut back to my birthday of last year. Pretty, oh, much, we, pretty much a year ago now. Exactly a year ago. Like yeah. A year and a day. Um, well, this is a whole, a whole thing in itself, which we can, we can absolutely. Do you not want to go there? Is this bad? No, no. Am I seem like a dick? No, no, no. Oh, I, I planned on going here. I just, I didn't know we were going to get to this point. I figured I'm going to seem like a dick anyway. So just (laughs) not a dick who has learned to be less dickish and more friendly to animals, which is the best sign that you have changed that you're willing to admit some perhaps wrongdoings. Oh, no, for sure. Well, going back to your birthday last year, your yes. birthday of 2019, August 12th, 2019, mm-hmm. we kissed for the first time the day before that. And I was falling deeply in love with you. <laughs> and then you almost really fucked it up because uh, on your birthday... I took her to a... Along with like 20 other people. There were a lot of other people. That uh, wasn't the, the, the restaurant was not the issue. Yamashiro, a Japanese steakhouse was that, not the okay, issue. Okay. Well, I, it was your birthday. I was happy to go wherever. And for the record, they do have some vegan options now. But the problem. What was the problem? Was that a lot of people there were ordering the salt rocks. Oh, steak. yeah. So. Do my... you want to explain what a salt rock uh, steak is? Uh, okay. So a salt rock steak. Basically, like this whole like, kind of like metal. I guess it's a rock. It's salt. a salt it's, it's rock. Legit, it's legit. It's, it's, like, like, it's a salt rock. It's I don't know. <laughs> it's a salt rock. Um, you knew what my mind was. Because you're my guest. It's, it's like 120 degrees. I don't know the exact temperature, but they bring it out and you put raw steak on it. So you're cooking your own steak in front of you, which honestly is dumb in its own right. Because like, who knows really how to cook a steak properly? That's true. You could undercook it. I think my friend Marlon got me like one of the nicest steaks, salt rock steaks. So it was your birthday. So you were were living it up. Mm -hmm. And at this time, I didn't. Like when I thought about vegan, I was like, okay, she like eats healthy or like it's like she does keto. I didn't know that it was like a a thing where it's like, Mm. I will cry Mm -hmm. if I see something or Mm -hmm. if you put, which what happened later in the night. Mm. If you put meat in my face, Austin, it will deeply affect me. I'm not sure where this ideology came from, but you thought it would be. What do you mean? A I good s- idea. I, dude, I, no, sca- no. I scare you constantly. I'm just, I'm always trying to get a reaction. That's you. true. You're, you're definitely a jokester by nature. You, you like 
to annoy me all the time yeah. <laughs> for your enjoyment. That's true. Which is fine. And I love that about you. This? No. This was different. Looking back, yeah. It was, it was, it was so nice. you took the raw steak. Mm-hmm. Which I just remembered it was raw also because I totally forgot that you cooked it in front of you. He took a piece of raw steak on a fork and waved it in my face, like inches away from my face. And I didn't really know you at all at the time. Like we we had shot a movie together, but Mm. we were just friends during that experience. And You never see me with like my other friends. And it, it was literally... The day after we had our first kiss, it, it was so new. It was so incredibly new. And I remember you invited me to go with you and your friends to dinner. And I was like so excited because I was like, oh, my gosh, maybe he likes me. Like he wants me there at his birthday. And I was so excited. And then we sat next to each other and I was like, oh, we my did. God. And it, I, I was so happy about it. And I was like, oh, my God, I maybe he likes me back because I, and was, I was like, filet mignon, please. <laughs> I, I want a fat steak. <laughs> And then you really ruined it. No, I didn't even ruin it. You liked me so much that that didn't even ruin it for you. That really speaks a lot to how much I like you. I know. It really does. Like knowing her now, I'm like, holy. If anybody else did that, I'd probably probably like. You'd have left, man. Well, I'm more thinking I'd like slap it out of their hand. I don't. I don't know. I would. I would be so upset. You honestly probably would. Need them in the balls. I. I would be really upset, but. I think it was a combination of it being your birthday. There are like 20 other people there. There are 20 other people there. I don't really know anybody at all. And I still really like you. And I'm trying to get you to like me. So I'm trying to act cool, I guess. If you did it to me in a smaller group of people, I definitely would have said something. But I think the nature of being in a restaurant. I peer pressured her hardcore in a, in a yes. vegan extent. <laughs> it was very strange. It was she should have said something she didn't it's true um but you know that that was but cutting to two months later at the mercy for animals gala mm-hmm. which was the moment that i was going to talk about earlier before mm-hmm. we did get so, out of the way that i i was an asshole we're so, we need to go through the entirety of your journey with accepting my veganism so then it was the mercy for animals gala and Mercy for Animals is one of my favorite organizations. I love them so much and they do so much important work. And my dad and I were there to present the Hidden Heroes Award to an undercover investigator. So it's like serious also, stuff. Also, I think this was like one of the first times I really like sat down at a dinner with your mom and your dad. Oh, for sure. 100%. And we were at a table with Joaquin Phoenix. Holy I forgot Moby. About that. We were at a table with Moby. Dude, it was not. It was I mean, crazy. this is like the, the, it was the event. It was, the, it was it, I love Mercy for Animals so much. And the majority of the work that they do, they do so many things in the animal rights community. But the majority of the work that they do is with undercover investigation. And so it, that is literally what it sounds like. And somebody undercover will be going into dairy or meat farms. For like months. For, yeah, no, I mean... They live this life for a few months or however long it takes, and they, like they have to, you have to like pretend if you if you're gonna do this, you'd have to like pretend that you can just like they probably have to, do they have to cut like heads off of chickens and stuff if they I mean sorry for bringing that up on the podcast but like 
No, it's the reality. If you were in a situation where someone's like teaching you, teaching you how to do this, actually, you know, that's a really good question, and I don't know, but I don't want to ask. And it's a, no, it's, it's legit, like undercover. It's very traumatizing. The, so the majority of the money that they raise at uh, their galas does to go pay for somebody to, to yeah, do it's it. to pay for either somebody to go in or for a drone to capture footage, mm. but. Uh, I always this has always stuck out to me. A portion of the money they raise at the gala goes towards undercover investigators therapy. Really? Mm hmm. Wow. Which it just speaks to how mentally exhausting, draining, traumatizing that experience must be. They are absolute heroes. So then you had a moment at the Mercy for Animals gala. They were playing footage. Mm hmm from slaughterhouses of videos of animal cruelty like going undercover Mm -hmm. and i for most of it try to look away because i don't think it's personally important for myself to see those images since i already live and breathe animal rights veganism i don't need those images stuck in my head um because i already have so many but i did i i caught a few glances in even those few glances, I started bawling, and you were so surprised—not surprised. What was what was your Dude, reaction? I I was watching these videos, just horrible things of what they're doing to animals, and like it was it was it was fucking with me. It was messing with me a lot, but in a way where I was like, I'm not doing that. Like it's it's not me. Like this is messed up, and it just speaks so much in terms of like how compassionate and like how much Harley and like certain vegans or animal rights activists care. I, I looked at you and I saw you just crying so intensely. I had, I had the, I had such like, a, it was almost like a character defining moment where I was like, this girl that I love, I didn't realize how much you cared. I didn't understand it. But when I was seeing the images and then how that affected you, I, I made the connection of your heart and how like it's her, it pained you. It fucked me up in a way, but it didn't kill me like it did for you. And I was like, holy shit, this is why she is like she is. Oh, my God. All the shit that I fucking did to you, <laughs> I felt so bad. Well, I re- well, thank you. I think after that, I did only eat vegan food with you. Mm-hmm. Like, you probably didn't know, but for like two weeks after, I would only eat vegan food with you besides my cheat hot dog days that we won't get into. We won't get into it. <laughs> Well, thank you. That's so sweet. I do remember, though, you turned to me and you apologized at the gala. You In said, I'm so sorry. Yes. And I it it just I, was I so- mean, I was already so in love with you, but it just made me fall so much more in love with you because you were like you were having this self-realization moment and it was really beautiful and showed maturity and growth. And you apologized because you saw you finally understood what I had been trying to describe, but maybe you just needed to see it instead of hearing it. But once you saw it, it clicked and, and you apologized. You literally turned to me and you said, I'm, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize no, I didn't it was it. like this. I didn't this. get it at all. I, I remember that so distinctly, you apologizing to me and me being like, wow. That, I mean, that's pretty cool because that's that's what, honestly, <laughs> that's the most you can hope for as a vegan interacting with people who maybe throw steak in your face, throw steak in my face. <laughs> that is the most you can wish for for somebody to change their opinion and own up to it 
because I feel like such a big part of veganism is simply owning up to the fact that you probably haven't lived this way your entire life. I'm going to guess like 95% of people with the 5% other being people who are raised vegan or vegetarian, yeah. which I, I wish I was, but you know, no regrets. Um, do you though? Because now like, like it, I feel like you wouldn't be able to speak about it. Maybe, yeah, no, you're, you're right. You're right. I mean, in an ideal world, and you know, you know what? You're right. Because I think like it's, it's, I don't know. I mean, I date her guys and <laughs> literally this, it inflames her. Like it makes you so passionate. It's kind of crazy. I mean, veganism is definitely my number one passion in life. She could talk about it for hours, I which could, I didn't even know that there were hours to talk about. I could like, talk don't, about it. Don't eat meat. That's all you need. <laughs> you don't eat meat. No dairy. I started this podcast because I could talk about it for forever. It's my life. And I have a bunch of other passions, but this will definitely always be what I'm most passionate about or what I feel like I'm, I'm here to do. But I think you you really just made me think a lot though because maybe i wouldn't have rather been vegan from the start because i think that the moment when you have to come to terms with the fact that you're contributing to animal cruelty the moment that every person who turns vegan has pretty much of just accepting what you've done unknowingly because most the large 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 majority of people have no idea what animal agriculture is actually like animal cruelty is so normalized in every society basically all over the world animals or millions of animals are killed every day it's completely normalized this cruelty and this violence against animals is completely normalized yeah but i think coming to terms with that is a really big moment for a lot of people and looking back on it it was a huge moment for me because I can think back to distinct times and remember me kind of fighting with myself internally being like do you want to be vegan do you would you rather eat this pizza and I grew so much from that experience and I think a lot of people do I, I think coming to terms with the fact that you have contributed to animal cruelty in the past is a moment of growth for a lot of people and you accepting my feelings about veganism at the mercy for animals gala was like a huge moment of growth for you as well oh no yeah because i think absolutely in, in my deepest heart of hearts believe that veganism does not normally happen overnight it happens in many different steps and how could it not because animal cruelty is so normalized like i've said five thousand times but animal cruelty since it is implemented in society so so deeply it's going to take a few steps to accept that you should maybe change if you if you can't morally deal with the fact that you're contributing to cruelty and so i think for you that was a major step in realizing oh i did something wrong like i wave steak in her face oh no for sure this th I, I couldn't believe it i was like Ugh. and that was a moment of growth because you're realizing it was a, it oh. was as if you injected me with a shot that told me what you were feeling and what was mm -hmm. happening and i was like oh no you idiot and then a month or two months later you decided to go pescatarian it was like three months later was it it was december 29th 2019 you remember the day I, I did. <laughs> i'm growing people uh, <laughs> 
I ate a chicken sandwich on a Hawaiian a Airlines flight. I I don't know. I didn't I didn't grow up like taking a lot of planes. So like every time I went on an airplane, I liked the food. I was like, free food? No way. It was incredible. <laughs> I just thought there was a random meal to end on. <laughs> oh no, it was awful. <laughs> it was the worst meal I ever could have ended on. It's a weird choice. But since that day It's been eight and a half months. Have about. you have you've actually you can tell me. You you don't have I swear I swear to you, I never had I haven't had meat since. You ha- you've been pescatarian the whole time? Yeah, I swear to you. I'm and so I, proud I've, of you. And the thing is is like what you're saying about how um there's a bunch of coyotes howling. Wow. <laughs> They're like we're not vegan. Yeah. <laughs> we're not vegan. Thanks for helping the animals. <laughs> so we're gonna eat this one. Sorry. Oh fuck. They definitely Where are our cats? They're I'm just oh kidding. fuck. Yeah, they're definitely they're doing the laughing thing because they're eating something. Because coyotes See, laugh when they when they make a kill, so to alert the other coyotes. So okay. See, but my thing died. with that is like I get that, but that's in my mind is like survival of the fittest. Like what what are those coyotes? Just, oh just no, there's a huge huge difference. And like between the issue that. you're worried about is like factory farming. And Absolutely. Like, oh, shit. Whereas like someone's gonna go kill some something with their bare hands. Glad it's you a little different the, story. Glad you brought that up because that's. Another huge thing. People will always come at me being like, well, what what about a lion in the wild? That's what they're scientifically like born to do. I like know. when we eat like too much meat, it gives people heart attacks after a while. Mm-hmm. Like both my parents have like heart issues because of eating poorly. We're not bred for that. If I ate, if I ate steak right now after like eight months of not eating red meat. I feel like I may have to go to the hospital or I'd like be puke in my brain. You'd probably out. have a horrible reaction. And yeah. the health side is an additional point to it. But in my eyes, there's such an obvious moral difference between creating an entire system that is implemented in basically every society See, that, that, around that, the world to kill, not, not only kill, but make millions of the animals' lives miserable no i mean i wasn't even gonna touch on the dna thing but here we go they they inject these poor animals with hormones to make them bigger than they naturally are chickens usually can't walk because they're they're injected with so many so many hormones to make their breasts bigger like pigs have to wear sunscreen pigs wear sunscreen because they've changed their hormones to to make their skin lighter to me it's clear as day how a coyote eating a wild animal is different than an entire system uh, based upon animal cruelty and the torturing and killing of animals. And I know then there will be a bunch of people who are like, what what about my farm where the cows are so happy and they eat grass and they frolic? Because I get a shit ton of those comments too about people, about farmers trying to like defend themselves. And I'm like, no, 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 but that's probably one. If you're telling the truth, that's 1% of the 99% of animal agriculture that happens in the world where uh, many of uh, most of it, if not all, is not cows fucking frolicking through the grass. It's cows hooked up to machinery to steal their fucking milk and constantly. Okay, no, yeah, true, true, I won't get true, into no, no, true, true. <laughs> but like to the farmer's point, regardless of the fight, deal with factory farming first mm-hmm. and then deal with that shit. Be like, mm-hmm. okay, you're at least trying to do it kind of right. They were probably born into this. They don't know anything else besides farming. They take over their dad's farm or something. Where I come from, it's like, you don't know any better. Food, I feel like, 
eating food for me is such a comfort, just so relaxing and peaceful. It's like in an ever-changing world, this is something that will not change. Like mm-hmm. this is my thing to do. I sit down, I watch TV, and I eat some great food that I like. And this is my meditation. Mm-hmm. And the fact that somebody's like, oh, you shouldn't eat that. That's You're fucked up for eating that. Or that's bad for you. You're like threatening me unintentionally giving me anxieties because this is the one thing that makes me relax. And I don't even realize it. It's just like a habit. I think it's absolutely a case of trying to deny the reality so you don't have to accept it because it's really difficult to come to terms with it. Most people who are like, fuck you, vegan, I'll eat two burgers today. They're just thinking about themselves. Like, they, like, cause it didn't click for me until I saw that video in Ukraine at the Mercy for Animals event where I was like, these animals are dying and she's dying inside because of it. Certain people don't even, they won't allow themselves to accept it because mm-hmm. they've never, they, it's not even a thing that they've, they were nurtured. It, they don't even know. Which I don't think is anybody's personal fault. Oh no. I mean, I don't think so either. Because it's just the way that we're all nurtured from society, not even like You could be nurtured differently from your parents, but just it's what society has told us. So why would you believe otherwise? Dude, it's honestly so messed up. I do appreciate because you are the first non-vegan that is on vegan abattoir. It's interesting. I don't know if I'm being like too nice or too mean. No, I I think you're being a great balance because you're representing a side that has not been represented on the show, which is you you kind of just put up an argument for farmers. You, You were... You know, trying to give the perspective from a farmer's point of view, which I, I a lot of people have actually suggested that I have like a, a farmer of some sort on the show, which I think would yeah, be interesting. Should. It's cool to have a non-vegan perspective. It's I mean, I think it's quite helpful, actually, because I am so stuck in a way of thinking I'm not stuck. I'm happily in this way of thinking <laughs> from Happy a vegan for- point of view. But I sometimes forget, you know, I, I mean, I do kind of forget about like, well, f- farmers maybe have maybe it was their parents business and they just kept it going and whatever or everybody needs to make a living. I don't I don't know. I mean, it can't be it, it can't be easy taking the life of an animal. I mean, I know I, I no, And that's why I was like, if I had to kill something myself, there's no way I could do it. But the fact that like, I'm like, I don't know where this, this meal comes from. This tastes good. Mm-hmm. I know it's chicken. I know it's cow, whatever, but like, I'm not doing it. Mm-hmm. So who cares? But I also think farmers back in the day, they appreciated that way more. And that's why people like would pray before they eat because they're like, thank you so much for this meal. It was hard to eat back in the day. And now it's just such a thing where it's like, it's a system. It's so cheap to get a calorie. Part of me is like, well, there's too many people in the world. You kind of need those calories to feed people, but we're not even feeding people who need to be fed. What's even the point? True. And there are other things that people can be fed. No, if you mass produce fucking pea protein, you're fucking good. I love when you say things like that. <laughs> it makes me so happy. I actually can't believe I'm saying stuff like that. You, <laughs> you want to know what dating a vegan is like? It'll be like this. You'll be like two or three months in. You'll be at your friend's birthday dinner at a nice restaurant. It'll be a steakhouse uh, or something like that. And you'll be a little tipsy. You'll be having some drinks. You'll be having a good time. And then you'll be like, there's nothing that my significant other could eat here. 
excuse me, waiter, can I speak to a manager? <laughs> and you'll be talking to a manager debating on how they need a vegan option at this restaurant. You're like, this is insane. And I, I, and I, I wasn't got, even there. You weren't even there. I, didn't even know about even, it. I, I think I've done it multiple there. times. Yeah. It would bum me out so much if there, there's food that I like, but there's not an option for you. Why would you, why? I just, like, I that's just that. a bad business move for businesses in general. That's the, perfect, why wouldn't you just do it? The perfect example of how a non-vegan significant other should treat a vegan significant other. Because even if you don't, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. Obviously, one day I hope that you go vegan. But... And I'm not going to lie to you. I don't know if I ever will. Yeah. Maybe I will. I didn't expect to go pescatarian. Done that for and eight been, months. But... You've been honest about that. And it hasn't been a problem for me when you're not and I didn't, waving steak in my I didn't face. do this because of you. Pescatarian, you mean? Yeah, you didn't like guilt me into doing it. Say say the full sentence so everyone can hear. I did not. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Harley did not guilt me into becoming a pescatarian. From what I know, <laughs> Harley did not guilt me into becoming a pescatarian. Thank you. But it did happen. But I think that's a perfect example of how a non-vegan and a vegan can be in a relationship because there needs to be respect. Compromise from both ends, man. Com I mean, yeah, I I'm making compromises too. Do I want to see you eat this stuff? No. Would I much rather? Yeah. See, you didn't think of that. I did you have you thought about that? Thought about what? You just made a noise about me making compromises. Oh no, I I've thought about that a lot. <laughs> I've made a shit ton of compromises. But in my mind, the mindset of I don't know what vegan is. You were the first vegan person that I ever really hung out with. It's not like I had a friend. So like I'm in my mind, I have this weird complex where I'm like, oh, I I I give I do so much for her. Give up all this stuff for her. I drink goat milk. I don't have pepperoni. <laughs> so in my mind, like unconsciously, I mm -hmm. do that shit. And I'll tell myself back and be like, yo, you got to relax, man. But I also have to make compromises, though, because would I prefer if you were vegan? Absolutely. That's not a lie. No secret. I would prefer if you were vegan. Of course, as it had implications on our relationship, other than conversations and trying to express my opinions and feelings no, it hasn't really had any negative implications, me being vegan and you being non-vegan. But I've had to make compromises for sure because I don't want to see my significant other eat meat. And I did for a long time. Mm. I don't even really want to see my significant other eat any animal product. But yeah, I yeah. see it and I see it every day. I mean, and I'm, I'm aware okay, that it probably I, bums you out that I eat fish. but I, I mean, yeah, it does. I just think... It's something to be aware of for, for both sides because it is definitely about making compromises and there are compromises on both sides because you could have the mindset of Austin where you're like, well, I'm giving this up for her, at least like in front of her. So I'm making a huge compromise. But also the vegan is probably all, making although, a huge compromise because yeah. we don't want to see the person we love consume something that hurts us. It's hard because when I see an animal product it's not just like oh there's some cheese i think of what went into that and i think of the baby cows being ripped away from their mother so that milk and the cheese could be produced i i think that's the way i view the world and so it's difficult for me as well and it's don't bring up milk right now it's I can't, I can't <laughs> it, it's compromise on both ends hold on i do think that if you were dating a vegan or like 
new relationship, you should ask them, how many people do you know that are vegetarian or vegan? Because if it's the first one, you got to compromise hardcore. Because I know for me, like even today, I'll be like, I, I don't eat meat for you. Mm-hmm. And I know I'm bringing up the point that I did before, but it's like, it's such a weird control issue because it's something I have never dealt with. Yeah. I mean, I used to smoke like cigarettes mm-hmm. and you were like, don't smoke cigarettes. And I was like, yeah, I don't even want to anyway, because I knew that it was bad for me. Mm-hmm. But that's different because I'm like, oh, she's helping me. But with this whole meat <laughs> thing, it's like, I and don't you know. I'm young. In my it mind. It good. <laughs> In my mind, I'm helping you because you have two parents who have heart issues. That was just found out, though, recently. Well, you knew about one of them, but you also knew that you had some heart issues. Facts. And so (laughs) in my mind, it's also like I'm helping you because... No, it was that's in my mind, too, but I... You don't like to think about that. No, because who (laughs) wants to? We were talking about... Compromise. But I also want to say that I think communication is a huge part of it because perhaps yeah, if I had communicated better, which I feel as though I, I usually do, but maybe I should have asked, what's your experience with veganism or vegetarianism? And if you were no, like I, 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 nothing, yeah. I would have been like, oh, let me explain. And I definitely did well, no, explain. No, no, don't do that. Don't well, do that off the bat. If, if you're dating somebody, be like, yo, so do you know anybody that like is well, vegan or something? And they'll be like, oh, no. You'll be like, oh, okay, cool. And then you take that, you're like, okay, they don't know anything. Let me ease into this. I mean, what I've learned from my experiences, and I've said this many times, is people really will start to listen to you at the weirdest times when you're really not even trying to get them to listen to you necessarily. Like with my grandparents, how they just called me up out of the blue and told me that they were vegetarian for a week and that they, they were going to keep doing it. Yeah, that's how I found out well, that they were vegetarian. Think about it. They're, they're like, Maybe, but they have the maybe. I think argument. what I've realized is that people need a period of reflection once you tell them about what really happens with animal agriculture and what goes on for them to get their meat or dairy products or any animal products. Because people don't like being told what to do. Lead by example. That's what she did, and it worked for me. Yay! But in the moment. It might be hard to realize because your defenses will probably come up and you'll be like, no, I don't. I mean, I'm not killing any animals, so I'm not directly doing it, blah, blah, whatever people say. I mean, I said it once, too, so I understand. But over time, that bit of information will sit with that person and they will have to come to terms with it. And I've seen that happen with many people. When I was younger, like I had the thoughts of, oh, this is messed up. I shouldn't do that. But the fact that I wasn't around anybody that was a vegan or vegetarian who had these thoughts, the more I was able to convince myself, oh, like it's, I can eat, I can eat McDonald's. It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So if you are considering it, I say try it for a month. It's honestly not as hard as you'd think. I'm so proud of you. I've seen you change so much and I've seen you become such a more compassionate person. See, I feel like I need I need to give more of a standpoint where I'm like, <laughs> don't do it. Well, I think <laughs> or do it. I think that the point that you've proved is that immense change can happen. Personal growth can happen without trying. Without even trying. For somebody that you love. That's the thing, honestly, because if I didn't really love you, I would have there's no way. There's no way I would be here. I mean, no offense, (laughs) no, no offense at all, but there's no way. I mean, I'm so thankful. (laughs) I would eat. I 
sorry, people listening, if, you, if you're vegan, I would eat meat probably every meal a day. And now look at you. How many months has it been? Oh, I over eight, but like there have been pockets where I don't even eat fish for two weeks. And that- Not because I'm thinking about it, it's just like I just don't do it. That's such a huge amount of growth. No, if you broke up with me now, I feel like I still wouldn't eat meat, which is cr- which is crazy, which brings back to the whole point of, oh, it just takes time. Because if I was like, go and eat a steak, maybe I'd be childish and eat one steak out of to anger. Prove a point. Screw you, Harley. <laughs> Quinn doesn't deserve this. I'm going to eat all the steaks in the world. But then after I'd be like, oh, this is so stupid so while I'm in the hospital. <laughs> well, while you're in the hospital getting your stomach pumped yeah. because you can't handle the meat. Nobody. I mean, we don't um, have to worry about that. But communicate, folks. I think communication and compromise, which is basically and like compassion. The three C's. Wow, the three C's. Mm-hmm. That communication, compromise, and compassion. That's kind of like how you should just be in a relationship, regardless. No, no, it should be it should be compassion, communication, and then compromise. That's the order. If you're listening to this right now and you're like, this podcast is not that bad. I've enjoyed what I'm hearing. Then learn to say, fuck you, fear, because I've been goddamn nervous this whole time and I've been freaking out like, oh, I'm so stupid. This is the dumbest shit I've ever said. I'm talking about veganism. Like I'm like talking with my girlfriend. I feel so awkward. I'm in like her dad's podcast studio. I'm not in here normally. This is a weird thing for me. Like (laughs) I've been going down a whole downward spiral this whole time. And if I can get through this and you've enjoyed it, then- learn to realize that you've mad limiting beliefs in your mind and that people see you differently than you see yourself wow Boom. and you're doing a fantastic job and i'm still nervous after i said that <laughs> <laughs> but i also already talk about you on the show pretty much every episode so it's kind of like you've been here this is just your that's why i feel so nervous and stupid because like people have this idea of me in their head and now they're like who's this weird awkward dude who's stuttering on this podcast like, what no, is she seeing him? You're a real, I, I, I'm hearing, genuine, compassionate, loving human being. And I think that's very clear. You're being uh-huh. authentic and you're being genuine and you're just being honest. Thank you. I love you. How should uh, we finish this off before your dad talks for like 13 minutes <laughs> and makes weird voices <laughs> and laughs at you? <laughs> so true. Um. Okay, here's how I'd like to end. Because you've given your perspective about dating a vegan. And so I just want to say for people who ask me if I date a non-vegan, the answer is yes. I also get asked, would I be friends with a non-vegan? Obviously, yes. But my advice. No, for- she's super nice to people that like aren't vegan. I'm, like, I'm never going to try to like, guilt somebody. No, I, I'll openly always talk about it. She's such a lead by example it. kind of person. Austin, (laughs) you're being so nice. Just being truthful, which is kind of like, oh, my girlfriend's really dope. Austin, (laughs) um, my dad will be like, ew, I, I don't want to hear this part. Um, but dating a non-vegan is not complicated, as we've settled. Really, the key is communication. In my opinion, is communication and, of course, compromise and compassion. But it's not hard. I just think the moral of the story is. Hardcore compromise, yeah. hardcore compassion, and hardcore communication. So I think we did actually slaughter a lot of misinformation today. And honestly, if we didn't, DM her a lot 
or me be like, I need, I need some more hardcore questions that you're asking, you're sending in. I'll do them on my own YouTube channel <gasps> and we can wow. do it like that. I will do it. Yeah, I'll do it. Wow. Cause I feel like we are all over the place. I kind of like feel for your dad, how he like go- goes off on tangents now. Cause I'm like, I don't even know what you asked me. I have no <laughs> idea what we talked about. <laughs> Thank you for coming on and sharing your opinions. Thank you. Anything else you'd like to say? If you have a spark with somebody and you think it could go somewhere or if it is going somewhere and you love them, realize that their beliefs have value and have compassion for that and think about how dealing with something that maybe they do that you don't like will allow you to grow and become a better person. And maybe they they will also grow in the process on their own. And then you guys will collide into a... Nice, nice burrito of life. That and, was um, really beautiful at the beginning. And, so, and then <laughs> you'll, you'll, I, I kind of was like, what am I saying? <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll come into this nice cocoon, if you will. And uh, you'll love each other forever and you'll be happy ever after. I can't even say it. I'm stuttering as I say shit. You did a great job. And I'm so honored that you came on. Not that you had a choice, but I'm honored. I love you. I love you too. All right. You know what? <laughs> But. I don't think you, I don't know. I don't think you nailed it. I don't think you got anything out of that guy. I think he's very shut down. You can't reach him. <laughs> it's hard. I mean, <laughs> he's really. I don't really know him that well. So. That, I was uncomfortable that whole fucking interview because all I could see you guys making goo goo eyes at yourself, fucking no. while you were like, "But I love you. Say something funny. Ah, scary stories. Ah, funny stories to tell in the light. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. The funny stories to tell in the light. <laughs> I hate coming up with the titles. Well, now I- you have a title. Funny stories to tell in the light. No. <laughs> Funny stories to all right, what's the opposite of tell? Funny stories to keep yourself to yourself in the light. That's the wow. name of the podcast. This episode of the podcast. Wow. If it winds up being something lame like my boyfriend M. Austin, then you know who came up with that. Hey. You guys are adorable. But I knew that in real life. I've watched you interact. One of my favorite things about that kid, when I knew right away I was, oh, he's a good boy. Like I got no complaints about him. He'll be a good boyfriend is uh watching him watch you speak like he listens to you he's not like waiting for his turn to speak like i am when mom talks i'm like would she stop talking so i can fucking have the floor back thank you me 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 um <laughs> that's that's how so I, it is. I, know. I i thought you would do that. um but austin is content to like watch you talk and entertained by you and fascinated by you and he looks at you um in a way that like makes me it doesn't make me feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel like, oh my God, he, I know I look out for this person, but I think this cat is looking out for this, this person. What? This cat is looking you said, out for I this. think you said cat and guy at the same time. So we're like, Kai. Kai. This Kai. This is a real good Kai. This cat looks like, seems like he's looking out for you, like me and mom look out for you. He looks like he's into you the same way me and mom are into you, but then he's into you and a whole different other boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing. So, you know, if one, if you could see that in the person, uh, it doesn't have to just be your fucking daughter, your son or whatever, anybody you look at people's relationships. If you see that motherfucker, like whether they've been together two weeks or fucking 200 years, if they're still like content to sit there and listen to their partner speak and almost with those, you know, fucking like not gooey, but just definitely, intrigued eyes eyes that say this motherfucker's a fan yeah he's clearly a fan and you're clearly a fan of his um and maybe one day he'll love you enough to go vegan like your father did <laughs> just saying does he have to almost die first or? i mean I don't, you ask him <laughs>
Uh, it took me a while. It took me a minute and shit. But he could prove he's a better man than your father by going vegan. Like, hold on. Like that. <laughs> the other one was too smooshy. He's already pescatarian, and it's been less than a year. So Those poor fish. <laughs> <laughs> Whose voice was that? <laughs> I don't know. That was you. That was you in an aquarium from behind the glass. Those poor fish. <laughs> Um, I was doing Galaxy Quest. Those poor people. Have you ever watched Galaxy Quest yet? Mm -mm. I wonder if you would dig it. It's a wonderful movie that everyone everyone digs, directed by Dean Pariseau. Who's in it? Um, Tim Allen, but don't let that put you off. Because <laughs> um, he's actually, he's really amazing. Um, Alan Rickman is Aww. brilliant in it. Uh, my, you know, Other than he played uh, the Metatron for us in Dogma. One, one of my other all-time favorite performances of his is in, the, in that movie. Where he's like, by grab Thaw's hammer, what a savings. They have to open a mall and shit. I don't know. I haven't You should watch it. it. You'll enjoy it. But I wonder if you will, because like it, you know, it's predicated on like, you know, they're like a Star Trek kind of TV show that had its best day. So Star Trek, not even really. No Star Trek is a TV it. show that, you know, was on the air and went out and then found a cult audience is not part of your pop culture matrix. All that shit happened before you. Like Star Trek to you is J.J. Abrams right before Star Wars, if at all. Well, probably. I mean, I love a lot of things from before my time, but True. that was just one thing I didn't really. I it's didn't, not on your Look at you getting that, all defensive. You're like, I like 90s things. Hey, Fuck you, uh, old man. <laughs> I want to bring Austin back. He appreciates me. You don't think I know most songs from the 80s, not only by my own choice, but from simply being your daughter? <laughs> True. That's the one thing I've passed on, man. Like, uh, we always talk about this house and fucking and working and stuff. Jennifer was talking about me working the other day. And I was like, well, like, you know, she's like, what? You were gone all day in your office. And I was like, just spinning all them plates, trying to make sure, like, we're, you know, still earning a living. We could pay our bills, keep everyone in our businesses employed and all this shit. Eat out a profit if we can, but like, just keep the lights on and shit like that. I said, and if there's a profit, sock it away. And Jennifer goes, for what? And I'm like, well, for the kid, I guess. She gets <laughs> guess. all this anyway. Like, that is kind of like the end game at the end of the day. Like, when, like, my fucking clock runs out, you know, whatever. No. I, well, I mean, whatever. It's inevitable and shit. But, like. Not for a very long time. Well, that's what I said to, the, to Jennifer. I was like, the one thing we can, like, take solace in, you know, or whatever. It should make, you know, us very happy. And, and it does. But. That wasn't the way I said it. I was like, I said, this is the way I said it. I said, at least the one thing I know is when, if we do pass and Harley like fucking inherits everything, I could guarantee you for a fact, she'd want us around more than the money. Like that's the person that we raised and that's who you still are. Some motherfuckers wouldn't, but oh fucking Menendez brothers were like, fuck this. And then killed their parents and tried to take the money. And then people were like, uh, did you kill your parents? And they're like, no. And then they were like, yeah, but they used to beat us and shit like that and tried to make excuses whether that was true or not. But they fucking shotgunned their parents to death and just because they wanted the money. Mercifully, you're not that kid. I mean, not to yeah. say you don't enjoy spending money, but like. It's nice to go to sleep at night, not worrying that your that kids. I'm gonna kill you. Fuck yeah, man! I'd rather be homeless than and not have anything well, and keep you good. guys around. But that's good. That's that's very positive. Think about this: you were born in New Jersey, but then we raised you out here, so there's a chance you could have grown up to be like an asshole. Or Austin worse, actually says a Kardashian. That, I mean, that's true. 
Austin says that all the time. He's always like, it's a miracle that you did not turn out to be an L.A. snob. Yes, it is. It is a fucking miracle. The only reason I mean, not the only reason, but one of the key reasons is you have to learn that and you didn't learn it here Mm -hmm. and you wouldn't learn it from fucking Schwabach. There was a chance that you learned it out in the world or were, you know, fucking succumb to the pressures of the, the environment or, you know, being a teenager. That could have happened too, because my school experience was not grand. I know. I, I mean, believe me, like, you know, fucking you ran the gauntlet of high school and, and you had your moments, but no more or less than the average kid. It's not like, oh my God, there was that whole year that, you know, she was in prison camp or whatever the fuck, or like there was the whole year that like not in prison camp. she went away to like a hospital because she was like fucking depressed or anorexic or something. Like we don't have one of those gigantic dramas. And I, you know, definitely, you know, you, you didn't, you didn't like your high school experience as much as I liked mine mm, at it all. It was the worst time of my life. But it, it was refreshing and wonderful that you didn't, turn into the worst case scenario. Like I tell you. For your mom all the time. I'm like, cause she was like, of course she wouldn't have ever went bad. You know, I'm a great mother. And I was like, you know how many great mothers are in the world? It's always do with that. Sometimes it could be your environment. That's why I tell her. Going I'm like, to the school I went to. You'd be a great fucking mother. And all she has to do is hook up with the wrong asshole, True. girl or boy. And fucking suddenly it don't matter. Like I'd seen it. I went to school with people like that. I knew people like that who are like, fuck my family. This person is my fucking life and shit like that. So yeah, I'm glad I'm fucking super glad you're not that person. But just cause we quote unquote raised you right. Didn't guarantee that you wouldn't grow up to be a kid. You know, that was like, Oh, one of these spoiled fuckers from Los Angeles. And I, I agree with Austin shit. He should have said that on the podcast. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just so we had yes. it on the record. I went to school with daughters of real housewives, mm. a daughter of like the head of universal music, <laughs> yeah. really like, rich people, like just insanely snobby, horrible, horrible people of Los Angeles. And I, I mean, I'm not trying to hype myself up, but like, I think bullet. I turned out pretty okay. Proud to call you my daughter and Thanks. listening to that interview. Nice I mean, nice tie back. Thank Bring you. Bring it back. <laughs> well, that's my job. Um, listening to that interview makes me feel like, A, happy for you because like, it's lovely to hear young people in love and stuff. Um, but number two, it reflects well on you, you know, Thanks. really well on you that you brought home that guy. Thank you. As opposed to like any of the other fucking Angelinos. I know he's not from here and stuff, but nobody's from here. They all fucking that's move true. out here. And you didn't go for the typical L.A. guy. And you went for an actor, which is kind of typical. But, like, he don't come across like the actors that I wouldn't cast in my movies because I'm like, I don't like that type of person. That's why it was so easy to do Son of Lockdown with him. He seems to do it for the same reason I do it. It's fun. You do it Mm -hmm. because it's fun. And and you're like, well, if I got to make a living, why don't I make a living doing this and shit like that? Before we ever did Son in Lockdown, Mm -hmm. he said to me, like I really, I really want to do something with your family since we're all here. Like I want to do something fun to to bond and everything. And he basically said he wanted to do a version of that, just like where we made silly skits. Skits, <laughs> yeah. Channel. Well, he got what he wanted. He got what he wanted. <laughs> and he was center stage for it and whatnot. Um, how awesome! Good for you, man. And now, as you hear that interview, you understand why Austin is in the first ten episodes. 
a vegan <laughs> yeah. abattoir. Why he snuck in before episode 10. We got some big names waiting in the wings. <laughs> Famous people. But this, this was very important that she, but I think it was a good idea talking to a, how do you date a non-vegan? He's like, very easily. I love you so much. <laughs> <laughs> there it is, kids. We've slaughtered misinformation. We've butchered the bullshit. And we've talked about Austin. Yeah, fucking. Really long we've time. given Austin oral. <laughs> literally. Oh, on this podcast. And now it's time for us to go, man. Um, thanks for listening. Hope you learned something. Uh, hope. You can take it into your own life and stuff. If you're not going vegan, try a meatless Monday. If you're not into meatless Monday, try Saitan Sunday. If you're not. <laughs> Tempeh Tuesday. There's, there's many, many different ways to try this out. Um, or just fucking mashed potatoes without milk and butter Monday. It's true. It right? doesn't have to be so complicated. So true. Uh, but we're not telling you what to do, man. You make your own choices and stuff. From Vegan Abattoir, I'm Kevin Smith. And I'm Harley Quinn Smith. Get the fuck out of our Vegan Abattoir. Vegan Abattoir.